Hi, if you've been following along with us, uh, you'd know that we are in a series uh, in the book of Ephesians. It's called Radiant. And uh, the passage that I'm going to be looking at today is a beautiful, beautiful passage that has something for, I believe, every single one of us. I know that as I've been studying it, it has really gripped my heart. And there's some things that have come out of it that I actually didn't see before. And I want to share some of those things um, with you. Uh, along the way, we've already been looking at uh, different aspects of our position in Christ, uh, some of that foundation. Last week, we had heard a really good message from Pastor Merv Switzer uh, just on what it means to be saved by grace and, uh, and carrying that message in our hearts. But not only carrying it with us, sharing it with other people. And I think that's so important that we, that we um, understand and learn how to do that. So today I'm looking at a message that is entitled More Than You Can Ever Imagine. It's taken out of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Uh, if you are familiar with uh, the book of Ephesians, that actually might be a favorite verse that you would jump to. And if you don't know um, the book of Ephesians, uh, well, you're going to discover the beauty of this verse for sure. You know, I've realized that it's a bit of a, ben a, a ben benediction of sorts to the previous messages in the series, uh, wrapping up important truths about our spiritual position and also our foundation in Christ. But it also introduces key aspects to our spiritual growth and our formation in Christ. So I want to read to you Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, just to kind of give us um, a bit of a context of where we are today. It says this, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus, to believers, Christians. He says, now all glory to God who is able. I want you to think of that word, who is able. Through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Some translations even use the word dream of. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. As I read that verse, there's a few things that just automatically jump out at me. The fact that God is able. The fact that his power is mighty. We just had a tornado sweep through southern Saskatchewan in Assiniboia area. And uh, comments that have come through of that tornado was that the power of God was so immense in that it was almost breathtaking uh, in that way. But what we're talking about here is something even beyond that kind of power. It is a mighty power that is at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. I can't wrap my head around that truthfully. Infinitely more. I can think of more. There are areas in my life that I would want more of God to more like God to do more of in me, probably in you too, but infinitely more. That's an incredible word there that we might ask or think. You can ask God, you can think about it, dream about it, but what is that more? And that's what I want to talk about today. And what is actually Paul referring to? You know, for as long as I can remember, I've had 
a creative, imaginative bent to me right from when I was very young. But I know my mind can naturally wander towards the innovative and the intuitive. I can be a bit of a dreamer. My mind can easily run rampant with thoughts of three things in particular, what could be, what should be, and what would be if only. If it just worked out in a perfect scenario kind of a context. Maybe you're like that. Maybe you're not. I don't know. You know, when I think of myself that way, perhaps that's why I passionately lean into what I see as having potential and possibility. Perhaps that's why my personality, and I say it this way, errs at times with trust and wanting to give others opportunity to try, to become, to become something or maybe to become someone beyond what currently is for the sake of what could be with just a little bit more creative redemptive, maybe imaginative, and definitely transformative belief. You know, for the most part, I've recognized this imaginative trait as good, even bordering on that intu intuitive, in that it has helped me at times prophetically see what God is up to or what he's about to do in areas of life and ministry and leadership. I can see how it's assisted me over the years in discerning timing and also in knowing when to risk, when to relax. On other occasions, it's helped me in decision-making, solidifying directional life choices. This imaginative trait has brought me to places of genuine spirit-led concern and caution, but is also to deep wells of revelation and appreciation of the transformative power and work of the Holy Spirit in my life and in the life of others. It's led me to new places of biblical truth and personal trust in the Lord. And so when I look at this verse and I think of that imaginative side of me, I go, Lord, is it possible that throughout the years of my walk with you, you've kind of done a deeper work in my life than I actually thought was possible? I'm not sure, but I believe it is that. But you know, mostly what it's allowed me to see is people as best as I possibly can through the eyes and heart of Jesus. It's allowed me to envision and I was thinking about this in preparation. It's allowed me to envision the finished product or a finished person before the product or before the person is actually complete while still in its messiest, transformative, restorative state. Right now, we're doing some renovations in our house. We're putting in some new flooring on our main floor. And our house right now, our furniture is everywhere. It's in its messiest, transformative, restorative state. But I know it's not going to stay there. The work that we're doing, the flooring that we're putting in looks beautiful. The parts that we have actually finished, it looks uh, amazing. And I can envision the rest of it being the same. But sometimes in our walk with the Lord... We kind of get caught in the messy, transformative side of it. And our mind or maybe our spirit, our thoughts don't move us far enough into the imaginative side of what God sees. And I think that that's what this verse is talking about. 
in that sense. It's infinitely more beyond what we can imagine, immeasurably more that way. I'll get to that more in a minute. Lorene Powell, Steve Jobs' wife, said at Steve, Steve's funeral in 2011, she said this, it's hard enough to see what already is there, to remove the many impediments to a clear view of reality. But Steve's gift was even greater. He saw clearly what was not there, what could be there, what had to be there. He imagined what reality lacked and he set out to remedy it. How many of us use an Apple product of some kind or an iPhone or an iPad? I know I do. Uh, and my computer, right? Steve saw, according to his wife, he imagined what reality lacked, but he set out to remedy it. And I believe God saw what humanity lacked and he set out to remedy it in Christ. It's that type of imagination, that viewing of things that I believe we see in children too. They see what lacks and they set out to create a solution, some kind of a remedy. Their creativity and their ingenuity, they amaze me. Um, children live with such a beautiful, almost a mysterious sense of unconstrained imagination. Just watch them play. They can turn nearly anything into whatever they envision it to be. Cardboard boxes can become playhouses and forts. Blankets can become tents. Pots and pans can become musical instruments. Mud holes, of all things, can become lakes and streams and swimming pools, and they have so much fun in those. And Play-Doh can become whatever that child wants it to be for that day, and then it's something else the next day. I love their imagination. You know, for a brief moment, I want you to consider the magnitude of this statement, the title of this message, more than you can ever imagine. You know, more or beyond the finite ability that you and I can ever find. Think about that. Beyond the finite ability that you and I can ever find to ask or think or dream or fathom that's drastically different in a better way than what currently is. In other words, it's practically unimaginable. It's beyond comprehension. It's risky. It's measureless. And when we think about the life that we have, it's hard to fully imagine the transformative power of Almighty God, the God of all creation, the God of the universe living within us by his Holy Spirit, daily at work within us, leading us, whispering to us, changing us into someone, um, not him, but someone more and more like him, created in the image of God, fashioned in that image, Think about it, in his imagination, his imaginative creation. It's more than most of us could ever imagine with our finite minds. And why is that? Because we don't see ourselves as worthy of deserving of that kind of investment, of that kind of imagination directed towards us. We place limits and limitations on what transformation could and should and even would look like in our lives. I know I do. 
spiritual transformation, relational transformation, emotional transformation, even physical transformation, healing. So why is it so difficult to imagine and to believe? Well, our human tendency is to turn attention back toward our self. We revert to making it about us and our needs when our focus should be fixed on Jesus, pointed towards Jesus and what he's already accomplished. Did you hear that? What he's already accomplished on our behalf to meet those very needs. It's difficult to see what our life can become outside of us being the leading force behind our future self. But as Christians... We are not to rely on ourself solely, but on the Holy Spirit's wisdom and his power to raise us, to change us, to shape us, to transform us, to move us toward our ultimate potential. In faith, we are to embrace the life of Christ that is now ours. And as we do, the Holy Spirit leans in to leverage the Christ life within us. The Christ life that, has, um, that, that he has completed um, and that also completes what is otherwise missing in our life. His power and ability strengthen us and satisfy us when we Um, when and where we submit and surrender to him fully with trust, embracing and not doubting God's mighty power at work, accomplishing his will and purpose for and through us. There's a pastor named Chad Veach. He is a pastor in Los Angeles, Zoe Church. He wrote a book that I've been reading through, Faith Forward Future. Chad says this in his book. He's, uh, um, he's talking about a friend of his that was at a kid's pool party. And the story goes uh, like this. His, his friend got to this pool party and a complete stranger had approached him and asked him um, a question, just random it would seem, uh, The question was, how long can you hold your breath underwater? I know I can't hold my breath very long underwater. I've tried. And um, I, I kind of start gasping for air. But the question, how long can you hold your breath underwater? And it was kind of an unusual conversation starter. And so his friend said, a minute probably, I don't know, a minute The stranger replied, almost angry at the answer that was given. I think you could do it longer. So let's jump in the pool and show me what you got. And so they jumped into the pool together. He plunged his head into the water and he gave it all that he had. One minute exactly and he surfaces out of that water. He did it. But the stranger actually wasn't impressed. He says, actually, you know what? I think you can do it for four minutes Four minutes. I think of that for myself and I go, there is no way. There's no possibility. But he says, I, and, and that's exactly what the friend said. I don't think that's possible. He couldn't imagine holding his breath any longer than that one minute time frame. All he could see was his limitations. But the stranger could see more. He could see what could be. And he says this. He says, nope, you can do it for four minutes. So with some mental coaching and a breathing technique, made it possible. Chad's friend accomplished what he thought was impossible. He held his breath underwater. Only minutes after holding his breath for one minute, he was holding his breath for four minutes. 
And Chad writes this. He says, when someone walks up to us and sees our potential, it's usually, often initially, hard for us to accept and believe. It's much easier to limit ourselves and only see the worst, what is. But God has something above and beyond in mind, and he's committed to seeing you walk in this potential. So let's read Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 12 for the context to help us. It says this, Because of Christ and our faith in him, we now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. It means this, we can come humbly and confidently relying firmly upon him, not ourselves, but on him. Why? Because of Christ and our faith in him. Now Paul gets into what's actually his second prayer for the Ephesians. And he says, when I think of all this, and we have to stop, he says, what, what is it that he's thinking about? He's thinking about that very thing, because of Christ and our faith in him. We can come confidently before him. He says this. Now he's praying in that confidence with with that boldness. He's praying, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, I love that, from his glorious unlimited resources, resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Let's just stop for a moment. It doesn't say as you figure it out. It doesn't say as you come to a complete full understanding. It doesn't even say as you look to make a contract with God so that it works in your favor. It actually just simply says as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and may you have the power to understand. Now it begins to come into play. As all God's people should, how wide and how long, how high, how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. This passage isn't about being able to just simply approach God on the basis of whatever we think we need or whatever we want to ask of him in that way for our own selfish gain. It's actually about having a greater understanding or a deeper appreciation of his transforming power that's at work in our life. And we actually don't even imagine fully what that can look like down the road. All he's saying to you and he's saying to me is, will you trust me? Will you come to me and will you, will you come with confidence and boldness and a humble heart before me? And he receives us and then he pours out his vast resources upon us. So it's a beautiful prayer that comes into play. And as I kept studying and going into it, I began to realize something that if we make it about us, we actually do harm to the very passage of Scripture because it's not about us. 
It's actually, when you think about it, um, even though it says through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish more than we could ask, the focus actually isn't supposed to be on us. The focus is actually meant to be put back on him. And it's his work. It's his accomplishment. But yet doing in our life what he came to do. See, there's a Greek word in here. When you start to break it down, when it says at work within us, it's talking about us collectively. But the Greek word that's actually attached to that, when it puts it to an individual basis, it's interesting. It's the word ego. And as I started to realize that, I came up with this realization that there's no place for ego in the church. If we ever hope to be effective in ministry and on mission in our city, in our worlds, the I in ourselves actually has to go. It's about God doing a work collectively among his body, the church, together. And it's only as we rally together. We live in a me culture. And the me culture has inf infiltrated our world and it's influenced our minds. And we have to shift from that me culture to a we culture. Though individual, we're not created to live isolated from each other. In Christ and as Christians, we are brought together. The I is removed and is replaced with us in Jesus. And so when you put that into play, every single one of us as believers are being transformed into this almost unimaginable place that God has something beautiful in store for us as we root ourselves down deep into his love and into his grace, the things that we've already been talking about in our series. He wants us to experience him. He wants us to come to a place of greater transformation because he has so much for us. But truthfully, I don't know if we can even imagine what that looks like, but all he's asking of us is, will you trust me? Think about it, ask for it, but trust me with it. That's what he's asking of us here. You know, you might be listening to this message and wondering, well, I don't know. Um, you know, I, where my life is at right now, um, can God do anything beyond where I'm at? You know, today, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, God desires to and, and can accomplish so much more in life than what you can imagine right now. All you need to do, all we need to do, is take a step of faith toward him and allow him to do what he alone can do and what he alone has already done on the cross for us. That he came to bring us life. He came to raise us to a place of new life. And if you need that today, it's as simple as reaching out to him, asking him, praying to him, and inviting him into your life to do that very thing to transform you. And he will. He absolutely will. His love is deeper and further reaching than what you can imagine. His power is greater than what you can imagine. His grace is wider to accept you right where you are more than what you can even imagine but he does and today he will if you will just reach out to him let me pray for you father i thank you for your word it's beautiful it's life-giving 
Holy Spirit, I pray that you will take this word and that you will transform us more and more into the image of our creator, into the design that you have for us and the purposes that you have for us to accomplish your goodwill and purpose. And as we think about you today, and we think about where our life situation is, and even right now as I think about those who are maybe far away from you, but desire to be near you and have relationship with you and say, I don't know what my life is going to be like, but I'm willing to trust you. Just with a quick prayer, simple prayer, just say these words. Jesus, I know that I have been far from you. I have tried to live life on my own, but today I trust you with my life. I give you my life. I receive you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, with purpose and life. Help me to follow you each and every day. Lead me by your Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you today and keep you. The Lord lift up his face upon you. His grace shine upon you. His countenance be upon you. And when he give you his peace today, God bless you. Thank you for listening to another sermon podcast from Regina Apostolic Church. We hope you're inspired and challenged. For more content, find us at reginaapp.com.